0: Matthew 27 Early in the morning all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans on how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him and they led him away handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas who had betrayed him saw that Jesus was condemned He was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders and said, I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied. That is your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. And he went away, and he hung himself. The chief priests picked up the coins and said, it's against the law to put this money into the treasury, since it is now blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the poor, to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. This is why it has been called the field of blood to this very day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord had commanded. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. And then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony that they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply. Not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd At that time, there was a well-known prisoner who was named Barabbas. When the crowd had gathered and Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus? Jesus, who was called the Messiah. For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. When Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message Do not have anything to do with this innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders uh, persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to have Jesus executed. Which of these two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked they all answered in one crucify him why what crime has he committed asked Pilate but they all shouted louder and louder crucify him when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere but that instead an uproar was starting. He took water and he washed his hands in front of the entire crowd and said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. He said it is your responsibility. All the people answered his blood is on our hands as, and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be sacrificed. Then The governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetrium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him. They put a scarlet robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spat on him they took that staff and they struck him in the head again and again. And after they mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him and they led him away to be crucified. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. And they forced him carry the cross they came to the place called Golgotha which means the place of the skull and there they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall but after tasting it he refused to drink it and they began to crucify him They divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him. And above his head was placed a sign, the written charge against him. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at Jesus, shaking their heads and mocking and saying, You are going to destroy the temple and build it up in three days. Ha! Save yourself. Come down from that cross, they said. If you are the son of God, and in the same way the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders, they mocked him. He saves others, but he can't even save himself. He's the King of Israel, so let him come down from that cross. And so we will believe in him. He trusts in God, and so let God rescue him now if he wants him to. For he said, I am the Son of God. And in the same way, the rebels who crucified him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came on the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling to Elijah. Immediately, of them, immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine and vinegar and he put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. And then the rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. when Jesus had cried out again and for the last time he cried out in a loud voice and he gave up his spirit That very moment, the the curtain of the temple was torn from two, from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people came out who had died and they were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many many people. And when the centurion and those who were with him were guarding Jesus, they saw the earthquake and all that had happened. They were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from the distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. And among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the Zebedee sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from arathamea named Joseph, who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. So Joseph took that body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that had been cut from rock. He rolled the big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and others were sitting there opposite the tomb, watching. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. And they said, We remember that while he was still alive, this deceiver, he said, After three days, I will rise again. So give the order to the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal that body and tell people that there, he has been raised from the dead. And this last deception should be worse than the first. Take a guard. Pilate answered, Go and take the tomb and make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. I've just been reading Matthew 27. I'm going to continue. Because Matthew 27 isn't where the story ends, is it? There's one more chapter in Matthew. Matthew 28. Before I get there, I have a few words. If you're new here today and you're thinking, gosh, this pastor's not even preaching. He's just reading. I'll do a little bit of preaching now. (laughs) Before we do that, I want to show you something. And I want to do something creative. Uh, And I want to immediately also give people the option to not partake if they wish. No one will care or know if you choose to partake or not. But I have been thinking about what Christ did on the cross for us. And I don't know about you, but I know that for many years I have just known about what happened on the cross. I haven't had it in my life. I haven't been thinking about it. It has no maybe physical or practical impact on my life that I'm aware of. And I want to watch a three-minute video today. And for those who would like to, I want to give you the option to partake physically in something. You know, Pastor Lyndon was just saying, hold out your hand and grab it. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity, if you choose to, to grab something today. Something physical. And how many people know that on the cross, we can read those words and it sounds okay, but how many people know that the amount of pain that Jesus had in that moment was unimaginable? And I tried to think this week about a way in which we could just for a moment think about that. And uh, I had an idea from my brother-in-law, who we're going to do today. And you're going to be given a cup if you choose to. You just put your hand up. And in that cup is a piece of ice. We're going to watch a three-minute video. And if you would like to, I ask, why don't you grab that piece of ice, hold it in your hand, and as the pain does start to increase a little bit, it's cold pain. It's not going to do you any damage. If you have any heart issues, uh, don't do it. If you're worried about it, don't do it. you have a couple of options on how to do it if you want. Could I have one, please? If you would like to do it with me while we watch this video, could you raise your hand now? You don't have to. You can just hold the cup. Thank you very much. You just hold the cup in your hand. And there's a couple of options in the cup. This is your drip cup oh I've got two ice cubes this must be for the pasta. you have your little thing to hold it you can either A hold it like this this is your low level this won't hurt too much but if you're hardcore hold it tight if it hurts at any point let it go put it in the thing could we stand to our feet We're going to watch a video, and I encourage you to hold and to grasp this piece of ice for the next three minutes. Be reflective. Be thinking about Jesus. Hold your hand in the air if you haven't got yours yet as we watch this video. Focus on God. My hope and my prayer is that this would help a physical sense of maybe even just a tiny bit of what Christ went through. Thank you for the video.
1: He's highly sincere, he's eternally steadfast, he's immortally graceful, he's empirically powerful. he delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He rewards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's a well of wisdom. He's a doorway way of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway. He's He's incomprehensible He's invincible He's irresistible Well, you can't get him out of your mind
0: Was dramatic. <laughs> Father, help us to realize that what you did on that cross isn't just words in a book. It has very real and tangible impact in our lives. Lord, we thank you for any lesson that you teach us. Lord, we ask that you teach us something today about even further into the depths and mysteries of what you did on the cross at Calvary. Amen. Will you grab a seat? Anyone got a sore hand? (laughs) that was a truly awesome experience for you you could take that water home and put it in the freezer and remember it (laughs) I've got a few thoughts and we're going to carry on to Matthew 28 thank you for um, trusting me, some of you are going I don't know what the point of that was and it's totally fine some of you are going oh man that was impactful for me Uh, and so my hope was just to do something a little different what we're talking about today, and what we've seen in Matthew twenty-seven, is essentially the outworking of the theology of atonement. Atonement, Christian atonement, is the process of justification of righteousness through the gift of grace in Jesus Christ. But why do we talk about it? Uh, a pastor um, and Author Dr. M. Russell Ballard says this When we understand atonement, we understand the joy of being rescued. Sometimes we need to know the why. And I think that at times, if you're anything like me, you've kind of forgotten over the why. You get it, you know it. But if we can understand the why at a deeper level, Guess what? The why impacts our who? The why impacts our what? The why impacts our when? And our how? I want to take the time to zoom in. Why did Jesus suffer on the cross? Was it an atonement of sin? Yes. Was it the end of the Old Testament animal blood sacrifice? Yes. Was it the completion of Old Testament prophecy? Yes. But there is a root in what Jesus did on the cross for us all. There's a root cause. The Apostle Paul actually tells us in Ephesians. Ephesians 2. But because of God's great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. And it is by grace that you and I have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You see, knowing the why of the cross shapes our what. And if you're anything like me, your impacts, your background, your experience, Experiences every single one of us shapes how we see the cross. So if I talk about atonement today, you'll have your different experiences. You'll go, I'm more leaning this way. I'm more leaning that way. My focus today around atonement is just this. It's about love. It is about those things, but ultimately it's about God's love for us. We need to know our why. Uh, For me, just quickly, I know my why. Me personally, is Dre, Andre. I know that the Lord has put on me my why for being here outside of just being a Christian. My personal mission statement, my why is to disciple, is to teach, to release, and to encourage others. That's mine. You'll have a different one. But here's the thing, my why can sometimes be outworked in lots of different what's. If you know your why, you can impact anyone, it doesn't matter the what. I've done discipleship, I have done dis- uh, walking with people, encouraging people. When I worked at Hellenstein's, when I was a painter, and I'm not trying to ring my own bell, I'm just trying to describe That wherever you are, if you know your why, your what doesn't actually matter what you're doing. But you're called to whatever God has called you to. So we must know our why. Here's a couple of thoughts that may help us shape our what of the cross. If we know the what, we can understand our why. See, God the Father is not a vengeful stickler for the rules waiting with a rod of punishment to destroy everyone, disattached and unconnected to this to our humanity in this little experiment of His. You may have been taught that, that God hates you for your sin. Now, there is sin. There is separation. Sin entered and separated us in the Garden of Eden. It tainted us. There's anger, there's pride, there's lies, and it's filled us with this ambition, this selfish ambition. But here's the good news. We're not all bad. You, me, the plumber who lives next door, we can have faith, hope, and love, and grace. But do you know one thing that we can't do? One thing we can't reach is perfection. No matter if your brother told you that he was perfect. (laughs) The perfect cannot commune with the imperfect. It would make it imperfect. There is a separation in the Garden of Eden. But God the Father's heart is for us. For his children. You are his children. He is the way maker. Jesus told us the story of the son, the prodigal son and the father. And in that picture, Jesus talks about how the father literally gets up and does the most uncouth thing for a man of his standing and station. He runs, jandals everywhere, his robes flapping, it's awkward. He's running to him because the main thing is he wants his son to know that he is thankful that he has turned towards him. Our God made a way. Jesus did not save us from the Father's wrath. Necessarily, there was a separation, and Jesus saves us from that. I don't know about you, but you might have a thinking that God is there with a stick. But here's the thing, if we believe that God is the triune God, that He is the Trinity, then you can argue that actually God the Father was there on the cross too. So was the Holy Spirit. He so loves you, and He so wants that relationship and connection with you. One God, three persons. God died for us so we could have relationship with Him again because He is the perfect and pure God. It's important for us to understand that, first and foremost, the atonement of the cross was and is a pure act of God's infinite love for us. Did you know that atonement in its root form in the Hebraic, means to cover (laughs) how many people have needed to be covered in their lives there's a time of hurt and pain and you've needed you've been out in the cold and someone comes in and covers you warm this is how to the why the father sent his son The Holy Spirit made a way for the Son, and the Son gave up His life. Where there was once individual and specific sacrifices for every sin, every blemish, through God, now what Jesus did on the cross, sacrificing Himself, there's a pathway for righteousness in God. Now obtainable, not through any works or special thing that we can do on our own, but simply through the gift that God gave us. And it's hilarious that my wife started talking about a gift because she didn't know I was going to do this in the sermon. We read each other's minds, by the way. (laughs) But you know the thing about a gift? Andy, can I have you up, my friend? I looked around quickly and the most expensive thing I had on me right now was my laptop. It's actually church's laptop, so you all own a part of this. Okay. If I was to give this laptop to Andy, whose is it? It's Andy's. So let me tell, you tell me when this laptop is Andy's. Put out your hand. When is put your hand up? When the laptop's his "You have to receive that gift." A gift can be given, and for many of us, we're standing there with the gift, going, "I've got the gift." Receive the gift. That last scripture, Jesus said, he gave. the, uh, The Bible says, Matthew said, he gave up his spirit. He gave it as a gift. Have you received that gift today? Thank you, Elliot. Uh ah, Elliot. That's his last name. Sorry, Andy. Oh, do you want here yeah, you hold that. Make it look make it look like at least I gave it to you. Off you go. <laughs> See the cross, it requires a response from us. The cross wasn't cheap, nor is it something to be ignored. Here's the thing, Jesus lived a whole life, and I'm not trying to highlight just the moment he died, but it is Easter weekend, so I'm doing that today. Here's the cool thing, let's never just focus on what he did for us on the cross, the Savior, but he's also our Lord. He lived 33 years of his life and is in relationship with you now if you ask it of him. We reflect on the whole story, we reflect on that cross today. Shall we get back to the story? Matthew 28 is a lot shorter than Matthew 27. Let's remember that Jesus is the way maker. He's the light in the darkness. 28 after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went and looked at the tomb suddenly who loves a God suddenly there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and he going to the tomb he rolled back the stone and sat on it His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of what they saw, they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Whew, I'm getting excited. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen. Come and see the place where he laid. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, the angel said. And he he has risen from the dead and going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. Gosh, that sounds like the title of our book in life sometimes. Afraid but filled with joy when it comes to the Lord. And he ran to tell his disciples, their disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and they clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, but go and tell my brothers and go to Galilee and they will see me there. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests were met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldier a large sum of money, telling them, you're to say this, that the disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, this will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to wait for Him. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some doubted. (laughs) Then Jesus came to them and said, Listen, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, So therefore, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely, surely, surely I am with you to the ends of the age. Can we stand? Can I invite the worship team up, please? Everybody's hands okay? See, I want to say one thing. The atonement of Jesus is not just, not just, about making us a home once we die it's not just about Jesus making a home once we die it's also about Jesus making us feel at home here with Him God did die, God did live God did resurrect and that is lovely and beautiful and we thank the Lord for that because that's the pathway for salvation. However, it's not the only thing we focus on. We focus that he lived, and there is an example in him living. Amen. So the cross requires a response. I don't know where all of you are at, and I was sitting here, and I've been humming and hawing for a long time about what it is that God wants us to do at this point. And you know what? I don't pretend to know your situation. I don't pretend to know your story. I don't pretend to know where you've been or where you're at right now. But I do know this He gave and He covers. Me covering from. I don't know what it is. As we worship God, I would like to encourage you to respond. The cross requires a response from us, it's not something we just know intellectually. It's something in the freedom of the cross that we can live out. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? I don't know who's in the room and I don't know everybody's journey. I know many of yours, but if you're here this morning and this is the first time you've heard this gospel message that God loves you, He lived for you, and He died on the cross for you, if this is the first time you've heard that and there's something in your heart that's turning and you feel you feel connected to those words that we just read out, God's calling you. If you'd like to make a decision for Jesus today, all that means is you're not going to have all the answers, but that does just say, God, would you be the ruler of my life? Would you be the king of my life? I hand over everything that I have done and everything that I am. Would you now in your forgiveness and in your grace and by the blood that you shed on the cross, I repent of my sins, and would you wash me of that? That's the first question. Is someone there today feeling like they'd like to make that decision to be a follower of Jesus for the first time? And then there's the second question. Perhaps you have made that decision, and the plumber from next door invited you to church today, and here you are. And you've, you've gone away from the Lord, but God is asking and calling you back. Perhaps that might be you too. So while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, Holy Spirit, I ask that if there is anyone in the space today or watching at home, would you just, no one's looking, but just for ourselves so we can wrap support around you and we can be praying for you. If there's anyone here today that finds themselves in one of those two camps with every eye closed, would you just raise your hand? Awesome. That's so good. See those hands. Thank you.
1: Here, pull your hands down. Thank you, Jesus.